today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, an update on when those Alaska and United planes might be back in the air. A huge storm is about to wreak havoc with air travel across the country again. Costco and Southwest have a couple of travel deals you might want to jump on. Those stories and more next in the travel news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 1125, we'll talk about what to do if a fire, decompression, or other emergency happens in the sky while you are flying. At 1135, we dip into the mailbag and answer your questions on replacement tickets for canceled flights, sightseeing in Venice, free stopovers in Iceland, and bogus car rental charges. What does travel look like in 2024? We asked some of our favorite Travel Guys contributors, and at 11.50, we'll share what they see in their travel crystal balls. Raining outside and more on the way. A good day to be by the radio, catching up with the Travel Guys. On the road again. I've been everywhere, man. To uh, all of our listeners, we are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Tom Romano here, with uh, the, along with a guy that was born under the wandering star, Mark <laughs> Hoffman. Brought to you by Sport. Did I say that already? Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacation Center. I Sometimes don't know I, if you did or not. I wasn't paying attention. I, I, I repeat myself. That's 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 what I what you get when you when you get to be my age. All right, my friends. It's another fabulous Saturday and wet when it is. Boy, I tell you, I can't believe it. They we got a one of the playoff uh, football games got canceled because of weather. What I can't believe is that greed has really overtaken. Because one of the playoff games is only available if you're a Peacock subscriber. In fact, one could argue the best game of the weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. It's on yeah. Peacock, huh? It's on Peacock, well, yes. Well, bottom line is, um, you know, everybody needs to uh, be aware that uh, the the app thing, whether it's Peacock or Amazon or a multitude of others, uh, eventually everything is going to be there. Uh, things like network television, ABC, and which, by the way, still appears to be completely blacked out on uh, DirecTV. They had a... A little spat, and they couldn't come to an agreement. So anything, your favorite shows, whatever, such as Dick Clark, New Year's Eve, with uh, not Dick Clark, but uh, Ryan Seacrest, was not available for people on New Year's Eve. And anyway, I don't know. We, we I digress, to say the least. But you're right. It's it's all about the money. But at the same time, uh, I don't know. It's it's really frustrating for those people that don't do the app stuff, just make like, you pay extra. Just like the airlines really don't care if you fly on their plane anymore and the hotels really don't care if you stay at their hotel as long as you use their credit (laughs) card credit card so um it's it it really is that the television stations really don't care if you watch or not as long as you pay for the subscription service that helps fund all the money that the players get and the owners are making and stuff but you know that's it's kind of capitalism at its best if people weren't willing to pay those prices then that would all go away. 
And it'll be interesting to see someday if one of these big cable conglomerates runs into serious financial trouble and can't meet these obligations to some of these uh, sports leagues and stuff like that. What will happen then? Because that's mm-hmm. never happened before. And if the money isn't coming in, it's pretty – as a businessman, I know when the money stops coming in or if less is coming in than you're paying out, that's kind of an issue. Anyways, we're a travel yeah. show, so I guess maybe we've digressed a little bit here. Enjoy the playoffs, yeah. and if you don't have Peacock, I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, if you're a first-time listener, we bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with the news, as always, uh, here's Mark Hoffman. Yeah, it's been a hard week for travel, and next week is not going to be a whole lot better. All of this rain that's dumping on us. Remember yesterday, we were all going around saying, wow, it's really cold for Sacramento. Well, that weather is all headed east, and the the wet weather is behind it. So they're going to have you hear them talking in Iowa about the caucuses and it being literally sub-zero temperatures on Monday. So if you are flying this week or traveling Heaven forbid you would be traveling east by car, but if you're flying anywhere this this week, if you're, if you're staying on the West Coast, you're probably fine. But if you're headed east, especially with a lot of these planes not back in the air yet, um, you need to really stay on top of what's going on because if you can, see, if you see that your flight is one of these impacted uh, Max uh, Boeing jets, then. If, you're, if you are proactive, you might be able to get one of the last seats on the flight before or the flight after, as opposed to being told, well, gosh, we can't move you for two days because there just aren't any seats anywhere. So um, speaking of which, um, Boeing has yet to – the government decided – you know, all this was breaking last week on our program and talking about the planes that are out of the sky. These are Alaska and United planes now. Um, you, Alaska is regularly canceling about 20% of its schedule. United is losing about 9%. So if you're flying cross-country on United, and let's say, for example, you're connecting in Denver or Chicago, so that's two flights. So if they're canceling 9% of their planes and you're flying in two, on two different aircraft, your chances of one of those planes not flying are about one in five. So you really want to be on top of things, and if you see that your aircraft is one of the impacted planes, then you know that unless they get it back in the sky, you're going to be canceled. So it's really a time to have the app on your phone. It's really a time to stay informed because if something does break and you're not a high up the chain flyer with that particular airline, when you get to go and how quickly you, you are able to get there, how close to your plan time is going to depend a lot on how quickly you react to things. So stay close to things make sure that you have are empowering yourself you know if your flight is canceled oftentimes on your phone on an app you can make the changes yourself see what's available pick something and you're done so this is kind of a time of the year when there aren't as many people traveling so there are more seats available but this whole thing with the um, aircraft the Alaskan Airlines aircraft and um, you know they found the door see they found the fo- one of the guys phones it's and it was worked. still working. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing. amazing. But um, if it, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our next segment about if you're on a plane and something like this happens. But nonetheless, um, if the FAA is not allowing those planes back in the sky yet, there is no word on when that's going to happen. My guess is that sometime next week they're going to come up with an inspection thing that is. But what they're concerned with 
is is this impact just this model of the Boeing aircraft? Uh, last week we mistakenly told you that Southwest is in, was involved in this. They of course fly Boeing 737s, but they don't fly this exact model. It's almost also interesting to note that Airbus has a similar aircraft with a similar fake door configuration available. So this ju isn't just a Boeing thing in terms of the layout of the aircraft. Airbus, the other manufacturer of aircraft, has the same type of layout available. They just haven't had the same problems. So um, a, a lot of speculation, a lot of discussion about this whole thing over the last week. Gosh, I've gone down the rabbit hole and spent several hours reading about it. Uh, Boeing employees insist that there is no way that aircraft left the plant with the, with the screws loose because they say there are just too many checks and balances. It's just not possible. It's possible yeah. that, the, that the screws came loose along the way. Um, so if that's the case, then is it not possible? And they, they admitted that when they went in and started inspecting some of these other planes, that they found that not, of all, not all of them were in the flying condition that they hoped for. So I think this inconvenience is going to carry on probably for another week or two. And when these planes go back into the sky, it's not going to be... I remember us reporting last week that Alaska already had put some of the planes back in the sky. So the FAA just put the brakes on all of that and said, look, until we are absolutely certain what's going on, and if it means a few cancellations and a few inconveniences for people, that's really, truly unfortunate. But the rest of us who fly would really like the planes to be safe. So i got to get Amen. on a couple United planes next Saturday. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. very much want the planes to be inspected and i don't i mean our air our record for aircraft safety for aviation safety in this country in this country is spectacular so let's not throw it all away here because people are so profit hungry that they want to get the planes back in the sky well there's a lot of vibration uh you know obviously on a plane and i wonder if they they know of lock washers you know what a lock washer is mark no it, you put it. You put it uh, when you're putting in a bolt. You put one of these washers, and it uh, it's it's not solid. It's kind of bent a little bit. And when you screw it down, it creates extra pressure on the screw so that the screw can't vibrate loose. So maybe I'll take a handful of lock washers and hand them out. Sounds like you know more about it than maybe some of the folks who are working on it. Hey, listen. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> if you if you traveled recently over the holidays or anything, you probably saw. Um, a few more people wearing masks. Uh, Travelers United asked last week, considering the increase in respiratory illnesses, do you plan to mask when traveling? Um, and this number is twice what it was just 60 days ago. The yes number is 36%, so that's one in three. In some instances, yes, but we'll decide by circumstance, 33%. So that's two out of three people who are either masking or considering it. Uh, no, as I've gotten all the vaccinations, 13 uh, no, I will not return to masking unless required 18%. So it's kind of divided. About a third of the people who are traveling say, I'm going to mask up. About a third say, I'm going to check it out and make a decision along the way. And about a third say, no, unless you make me do it, I'm, I'm not going to. But I have noticed a serious increase in the number of people masking. It also seems like there's been a decrease in the grief given to people who are masking, um, which is a good thing because, you know, not everybody masks because they're trying to piss you off. Um, some people m might be masking because maybe they got up this morning 
and they were coughing or something like that, and they had to get on an airplane, and they thought, you know, as a courtesy to the other people, maybe until I know what this is, maybe I should put on a mask and try to keep from infecting 45 other people as I fly across the country. So just because somebody's wearing a mask, maybe they have an immune uh, system problem situation where it's really in their best interest to wear a mask. So it seems like people are being more understanding and more people are wearing masks. So there you go. Um, U.S. Travel has had a survey done which says that by the end of last year, U.S. travel has only reached for international travelers 84% of where they were, where we were before COVID. This is interesting because this survey involved 18 countries. We finished 17th in terms of people wanting to come back here and actually physically consummating coming back coming to this country. We're only getting a, a we're down about 15% in international travelers. Why is that important? International travelers are the number one balance of trade item for the United States. We make more money off of international travelers spending money in our country than we do off of any other export. So in essence, it's kind of almost an import bringing people mm-hmm. in. But the money they spend dwarfs the amount of money that U.S. travelers spend overseas. So it is a very positive balance of trade thing, which is kind of weird because it's not that way on that much unbalanced for any other country. So when international travelers fall off 15%, all of the taxes and fees and all the different things that they pay to the government when they come here, all of those go away too, not to mention sales taxes and the money they spend in stores and all that stuff. So um, right now, kind of interesting, U.S. travel didn't really address why they thought this was the case. Um, we're far enough away from COVID now that people can pretty much travel freely. Why are fewer people coming to the United States in this revenge travel time? You would have thought mm-hmm. maybe the number would have gone up. But instead, the number is down. Something to take a look at, especially since, as I said, um, if, you're, if you're a financial person, we make more money off of those travelers than we do any, anything else that we make in this country. So it's international travelers, by and large, are good for us. I'm not talking about people pouring over the border. Uh, I'm talking about people who come in with a passport at a normal port of entry. Um, here's a cool, really cool story. I wanted so badly to put this up so that you could see it, but it's a Washington Post story, and they have a, a firewall. A stranger on an airplane who likes to crochet crocheted a, ba- a baby across the aisle, a hat, along the way on a, <laughs> on a long flight. And at the end of the flight, they presented it to, um, the lady presented it to the parents of the kid across the way. And it's just a cool little story. It comes with a, uh, it came with a TikTok video and the like. And uh, Sarah reminded me when I asked her to share it with folks that it's from the Washington Post and they have a firewall. So cool story. Sorry I couldn't share it with you. Uh, let's see here. What else have we got? Some updates on. What about this? What about this Costco and Southwest deal? Oh, 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 good idea. Good idea. Um, Costco will sell you, uh, $500 worth of travel for 450 bucks through the end of the weekend. So you've only got until tomorrow to be able to take advantage of, if you're, you know, I mean, if you're getting ready to buy a plane ticket. It's a way to save 50 bucks. Well, uh, there you go. It's something. Yes, and also uh, Southwest has a special fare deal 
until the end of the day tomorrow. If you buy a ticket and you're flying this spring, they'll give you double uh, Southwest Rewards points, double the points you normally earn. So there's a formula, and depending on what your status is and stuff, you earn six times or eight times or ten times. So now you could earn 12 times or 16 times or 20 times. Build your Southwest points up if that's something that you want to do. So if you're thinking of buying, if you're flying, I think it's between February and the end of April on Southwest. Costco, I didn't see a a restriction on that. Um, But anyway, that's a way to, to save a few dollars. You've got to act by the end of the day tomorrow. What's the cost of passenger trauma? Alaska Airlines sent all the people who were on that plane last week, gave them all $1,500. Um, so, yeah, uh, one of the passengers said, I haven't fully processed if that payment is enough or not. I don't know how this is going to affect me in the coming weeks and months, you know. Um, a couple of lawyers weighed in and said, if you sign anything that says... 1500 bucks. thank you, and we're done, you're a fool. So, um, But it was interesting that that was the way that Alaska uh, responded. Uh, of course, remember, when that plane got back to Portland, while they did offer people another flight to travel on later in the evening, you know, would you have wanted to get back on an airplane after that? If I you... bet you. Well, you know, those that were sitting a long ways away, maybe. No, I don't think so. I think most. Uh, I think a lot of people probably chose not to. Do they have any numbers? Uh, no, they don't. Okay. Uh, they didn't offer any numbers as to who, how many people went on that evening. But I, you know, I mean, I guess fifteen hundred dollars helps you get a hotel room and a rental car, and maybe some of those folks um, obviously were from the Portland, Greater Portland area, so they had less. Less problems. Okay. Uh, American Airlines passenger service workers have approved a new contract. This is only important because we gave the pilots a whole lot more money, and it's a good idea to give the people who check us in and board us onto the plane and load our baggage onto the plane. It would be a good idea if they had enough, uh, if they were happy also, because without them, the pilots will be sitting on the plane and that no- nobody will be going anywhere. And finally, since we're the travel and entertainment guys, Billy Joel has announced that he is doing a 2024 North American concert series. Um, he's announced a bunch more dates with Stevie Nicks and Sting. Joel is 74 years old. Um, and so this is kind of cool. We, we, the Stones are going on a tour this summer. Remember we t- told you about that with AARP, their main underwriter. Doesn't say who's underwriting the Joel concert here. But Billy Joel, Joel Stevie Nicks, and Sting. I'm guessing there are a few people over 50 who are listening to this program who might be interested in such a combination. And that's your travel news for today. There you go. Stevie Nicks was in town not that long ago. Stevie's actually a little older than Billy Joel. He's probably the youngest guy on on that tour. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are the Travel Guys. Stopped into Rudy's yesterday for uh, for a little lunch. I want to say hi to Laura and uh, Kathy and Denise. And they're just a wonderful bunch of folks there. And uh, they still got that Travel Guys special going on, by the way, at Rudy's Hideaway. It's uh, for 2024. They're going to continue it for, um, I think, most most of the month, uh, a special exclusive for our listeners. Uh, it's a twenty nine ninety five. You can get a six ounce lobster tail, rice pilaf, fresh veg.
vegetables, drawn butter, and sourdough bread. That is a steal, my friends. And if you didn't know, Rudy's also is the place for wholesale, fresh, cracked, cleaned Dungeness crab. If you need 30 or more pounds of crab, give Rudy's Hideaway a call, uh, 916-351-0606. Not only do they uh, do uh, the, the, the wholesale for 30 pounds or more, but if you're going to have a crab feed... They specialize in full-service crab feed fundraisers. This is the time of the year for those. You, know, you probably spot them here or there. Anyway, uh, Rudy's, 916-351-0606 for the crab. And remember now, stop in today. Tell them the Travel Guys sent you for the Travel Guys lobster special for twenty nine ninety five. dollars uh, If you stop in at the right time, I'll probably see you there. All right. We had a long news segment. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, uh, what happens in the sky while you were flying if you've got some decompression and, yeah, and some well, fires. And we had which... two planes last week. You know, of course, that Japan Airlines jet caught fire after colliding with the Coast Guard plane in, in Tokyo. And then the American Airlines, I mean, the Alaska Airlines uh, flight that had the door fly off. Um, those situations are few, few and far between. And I would point out that there were no fatalities on either one of those planes. Um, some of the folks on the the plane on the runway in Japan, the Coast Guard, Japanese Coast Guard plane didn't do quite as well. Okay. Anyways, um, before your flight, uh, consider wearing long pants and closed-toed shoes because if there's an is- issue or a situation, it's a lot easier to move around. Also, don't take your shoes off during the flight. There's a couple reasons for that. Uh, <laughs> but, but one is it is a safety issue. Um, make notes of where the emergency exits are. You've probably heard this before. Not only the closest one in front of you, but the closest one behind you in case you have to get off the plane very quickly. Um, the other things that, that you can be aware of is turbulence, of course. This happens on a lot of aircraft. Make sure that your seatbelt stays fastened. That probably saved a couple of lives on the Alaska Airlines plane. It's easy to take that off to get up and get something out of your bag or something and forget to put it back on. So that's really, really, really important. Um, and also, if if you have to get off of the aircraft in a hurry, please remember that your 30-pound carry-on in the overhead is not something that you should try to take with you. It probably won't go down the slide anyway. And all you're going to do is cause a lot of problems. If you have a situation where you have to get off an aircraft, get off the aircraft. You want to follow instructions and get off the aircraft. Plus that whole idea of leaving uh, the headphones off when you get on the plane until the flight attendants have made the safety announcements would be a big help. You can uh, find a lot of information we talk about as well as a place that you can leave a question for the Travel Guys at TravelGuysRadio.com. In fact, this is where these questions that we're going to uh, tackle here with Mark uh, came from. So uh, a lot of times, uh, even if you didn't send in a question, you're going to find it that may very well be the question that we read and give the answer to will be one that uh, that you yourself uh, was looking for an answer to. Are you ready to get started, Mark? I'm ready. Okay. Roger asks about airline refunds. He says, I see on a refund voucher I got from Delta Airlines that it doesn't have an expiration date. Well, that's good. But when I went to rebook the flights that were canceled, the voucher is $200 short of the coverage uh, of covering the fare. So did Delta really refund my ticket or is this just a bait and switch to get more money? 
It's kind of hard to, to, to know, Roger, without knowing a little bit more of the details of what you're trying to do. If you, let's pretend you were going to New York City and your flight was canceled and they, for whatever reason, they gave you a voucher and you still needed to go to New York City, but the time that you need to go now is a week away or two weeks away, you're likely to face a higher fare, an upcharge for the fare, not because Delta's trying to stick you, but, well, I mean, they are trying to stick you, but um, just because that's the way the system works. Um, 21 days, it used to be pretty standard, 21 days, 14 days, 7 days, 3 days, you could count on the fare going up. Now it's more of this dynamic pricing that we see with concerts and all kinds of other th- hotels and all kinds of other things. Airlines look and say, well, you know, I, we got 100 seats left on this flight. Um, if we drop the fare to nothing, we can probably fill some of these seats in the next few days, and they do. So what happens, Roger, is the closer in you get to travel, generally, not always, but generally the more the ticket costs. So if you had a trip that you were planning three weeks from now and it got canceled and now it's only two weeks from now and you're trying to figure out a way to go on the same dates or around the same dates with the same airline, it's entirely possible the fare is higher. But if you backed off to where you were more than that 21-day advance, then it's possible that you might see a fare that would be comparable to what you were originally paying. So the airline isn't really trying to get you to pay. Well, they are always trying to get you to pay more money, but they're not intentionally trying to upsell you. You have just gotten into a situation where you're trying to travel closer to departure. Another thing that will impact your fare will be the days of the week. Maybe previously you had scheduled you were going to New York on a Wednesday and coming back on a Saturday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, best days for airfare. Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Worst days for airfare. Friday, Sunday, Monday. Neutral day, Thursday. So if, again, you were originally scheduled to go out on a Wednesday and come back on a Saturday, you may have had a really great fare. Now you may be looking to going out on a Friday, coming back on a Monday, and those those fares are higher because those tickets are in more demand. So if you can, when you're flying, just for everybody listening, never mind Roger's situation, when you're flying, if you can fly on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday, you will generally find the lowest fares, especially late in the day on Saturday, the last flight of the day on Saturday, which sometimes won't be as late as the other days, you will often find the best fare, or a very, very early flight on Sunday. People in the middle of the weekend or have to travel on Sunday and go back home, who wants to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to make a 5 o'clock flight? So oftentimes those flights will be discounted. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, um, and the day of the week and how long in advance of your t- of the ticket purchase are going to have a lot of impact on your fares. We're uh, doing uh, questions from the Travel Guys mailbag, and let's move on. Stephanie writes, to confirm, Vegas hotels are charging for parking on the Strip. It cost her $22 to park for eight hours. Uh, quote, they are already taking your money inside the casino. Now they're taking it outside, too. Yeah. it's oh, Sometimes you like to hear confirmation of things that you've said on the radio, and sometimes you don't. We told folks a couple weeks ago that... Vegas hotels were starting to charge for parking on the Strip, which previously had never been done. Their excuse is that the new Sphere thing, that, that their entertainment venue is drawing people who are parking in their parking lots, 
and therefore their gamblers don't have room to park, so they need to charge you. Um, it's all a bunch of hocus-pocus. But nonetheless, if you're going to Las Vegas and you've always thought that parking on the Strip was free, eh, maybe not so much. What do you need a car for in Vegas in the first place? Period. You know, take an Uber. All right. Uh, Deepra shares a rental car story. In August, uh, she rented a car from Hertz in, in uh, Montana. Returned it a week later. Boy, <laughs> uh, you know this one, Mark. Last yeah. week, she got a bill for $850 for damage to the car. But there was no damage, Deepra says. What do I do? Well, yeah. Um, Chris Elliott has written about this more than once, about people getting statements for damage to a rental car or some type of additional surcharge months and months and months after the car was returned. So that appears to be what has happened here. I don't have, didn't talk to uh, Deepra, tried to send her an, an email um, and didn't get an answer back so I could get a little bit more details for this. But really the thing that we talk about here, when you're renting a car, before you take the car out of the lot, Walk around the car and take two or three pictures. If there's any damage on the inside, you know, uh, anything that's noticeable to you, they may try to hit you with it when you come back. So take a picture. Pictures taken on your phone are time dated. So it'll be very easy to prove that you took those pictures before you left the lot. When you come back, once again, you take pictures of the outside of the car so that you can prove that there was no damage inside of the car same thing if you feel comfortable doing that it takes a few minutes to do that it really a couple things it does it shows the person checking you back in at the car rental company that you're nobody to be fooled with that you're you're making sure that the the condition of the car is documented so don't be afraid to, to I, I, when I've done it a couple times and had car rental employees look at me kind of strange. They don't look at me strange anymore because enough people are doing this that they're used to it now. So take pictures and make sure that even the smallest dent or ding, if you think it's significant, if it's bigger than a dime, if, if you put a dime up against it and you can see anything around it, the car rental company is probably going to consider that large enough to come after you. There you go. And uh, don't pay with a debit card. Use one of your credit cards because then you can uh, dispute the charges uh, if need be. Oh, uh, good which tip. once, yeah, well, this is an old one. I think I, I learned this one from you, I'm pretty sure, Mark. <laughs> All right, Janie, this isn't really a question, but this is certainly worth, uh, worth reading. Uh, Janie wants to thank us and everybody for supporting the Wreath Project, the military cemetery near Vacaville. Her husband's buried there, and for the first time this year, she went out to see the holiday decor on every grave. Just standing there and thinking of all those soldiers brought a tear. Always does. Please thank the people who do this every year. We do thank them. Uh, it's from her. It means it, mean, it meant a lot to her, and I know it means a lot to uh, a lot of folks. It's the uh, Stocking family that adopted this project mm -hmm. years ago, and we've told the story about how it was just something they decided to do when there was a few hundred graves out there, and now there's tens of thousands. So it's a very different project now. Literally, they sent out a, a notice saying they were looking for people to help them this morning. Oh, my goodness. Uh, because they're taking down 
the decorations and throwing it all away and stuff like that, the boughs that they put on all the graves. So um, right. wasn't an opportunity for me to suggest that you could go out and help them, not that you would have wanted to this morning anyway. But the point is that a lot of time and effort goes into honoring our fallen so our, our, our deceased soldiers every year. And those folks have, it's a year-round thing. I mean, I'm sure it it's, consumes part of their lives. But what a great example of somebody just giving a lot of time to civic service and a lot of other folks helping out. And I'm sure that um, Janie isn't the only person who has uh, someone, a loved one buried in that cemetery who really appreciates the effort. So thank you, Janie, Janie, for the note. I really appreciate that. I will pass on your comments to the folks who make that all happen. Amen. All right. Uh, this is the Travel Guys. We're doing the Travel Guys mailbag. And uh, Caitlin has two questions for you, Mark. She says that she and her husband are headed to Europe this year on vacation. She says that she has heard some airlines allow free stopovers in their country. Oh, yeah. Is this true? Question one. Uh, yes. The answer is that yes, it is true. The most famous stopover of anybody, I'm going to do this someday, is Iceland Air. Now, they don't fly, obviously, from Sacramento, but they fly from a, a handful of U.S. cities. Iceland Air will, and I checked this before we went on the air today, it's still happening this summer. They will allow you to stay over, except on a very few select dates, they will allow you to stay over in Reykjavik for up to a week at no extra charge and go on with your with your travels. So what an incredible opportunity to see a country that you would never get to see otherwise because in most cases they say, well, you know, you flew here and now you've stopped your journey. Now you're starting your journey again and you're going, and so you've got to have two tickets or there's a fee for this. But Iceland Air, really famous for the fact, um, you know, there are, there's volcanic activity going on in that island all the time. Uh, the people there are, what I hear from folks who have visited there, are incredibly cool and nice people. It's a whole different atmosphere. So if you're headed to Europe this summer and you're looking, um, I think Air Portugal, TAP, um, does this also, allows you to stay over in Lisbon. So check it out if you have a travel advisor. I'm a person who moves groups of people at a time. Uh, not individuals, but if you're traveling independently and you're using a, a European airline, ask them if you can, if you're connecting in a, in a country, ask them if you can, if there is a stayover rule and they allow you to stay over for free because Iceland Air does. Many people take advantage of it. These folks are such geniuses. Iceland is such a beautiful place to go to. And in the summer, we were just talking about how much international travelers spend in our country so think about how many how much international travelers spend in the summer in iceland in and around reykjavik and how much that helps them so um and also you need to add your stopover at the time you're booking your ticket so that you have the right dates so it that's really important if you want the free stopover that you do it at the beginning when you're booking your ticket you said she had a second question Yes, Mark. Uh, Caitlin also wants to know she w plans to uh, visit Venice Ooh. on her trip, but some friends have told her it's too crowded and not to bother. But she really wants to see the city. Do you have uh, any uh, any Venice advice? Venice, not Venice has been. I might point out. Yeah, if you've been a listener to the Traveler Guys for a while, you know that we've talked about this over the last couple, three, four years. It seems like 
that Venice is, it's an old city. A lot of the things that people like to go see are older attractions that require a lot of TLC. Uh, we've talked about the problems with people, you know, leaving their initials carved, written otherwise on monuments around the world. So Venice has had these problems. They've also had a terrible overcrowding problem with tourists, especially in the summertime. So um, this would impact somebody like me in some cases, but we're already kind of a step ahead of it. Uh, Venice is saying they're going to make it harder for tour buses to visit the city. They're having the size of allowable tour buses. So, for example, in this country, a tour bus, generally a full-size coach, holds uh, 55, 56 people. So there are smaller coaches that you can use, which our company frequently does, because we don't travel with that number of people unless it's a day trip. So we're usually traveling with 25, 30 people. There are buses that seat 46. There are buses that seat 38, 30, 25. You can get much smaller coaches. Oftentimes those coaches are a little less expensive. They can get in and out of places that big coaches can't. Um, this is significant because Venice is basically saying, look, you can't unload 50 people at a time. Uh, never mind the parking, the traffic disruption that it causes. We're only going to accept smaller coaches with a smaller number of people on board. You will take up less space when you park. You will be less of a traffic distraction along the way. So this is really a good thing for the folks in Venice. They have tried charging people to visit the inner part of the city during the summer. Um, this also applies not only to Venice, but to some of the nearby islands. So it comes into effect June the 1st. Um, they are also going to, this is interesting too, Venice is going to prohibit tour guides from using loudspeakers to direct their groups um, because they say it's distracting and disrupting to residents in the city. No kidding. You had people with a <laughs> bullhorn outside your window all day long, all summer, and into the fall and stuff like that. Yeah, quality of life issue. But here's the deal. If you if the bus only holds 20 to 25 people, it's, if you got 50 people to project to all of them, yeah, you almost need a speaker system or something. But if you've only got 20 to 25 people and they gather in close to you, now you don't need mm -hmm. that speaker anymore. So Venice is, by trial and error, they're getting a lot closer, I think, to getting this right. Limit the number of people that can be in a group. That solves a lot of problems. Limit the way that information is, is shared with these people. That solves some more problems. I think Venice is probably setting up a model here that some other historical cities will probably take a long look at. But thank you. Really, really, really good questions, Caitlin. Thank you for sharing this. All right, and thank you all for uh, leaving your questions. You can leave them uh, at TravelGuysRadio.com right there on the homepage. And uh, just a quick reminder, Rudy's Hideaway, starting 2024 with that exclusive for our listeners, the Travel Guys Special, twenty nine ninety five, a six-ounce lobster tail with uh, rice pilaf, fresh vegetables, drawn butter, and sourdough bread. Sounds good here at lunchtime. And don't forget, if you need uh, wholesale crab in quantity, 30 pounds or more, or you're going to have a, uh, a, you want to put on a specialized full-service crab feed fundraiser, give Rudy's a call, 916-351-0606, or better yet, stop in for the Travel Guy special for $29.95, and then set up your, your crab feed thing. And by the way, uh, Rudy's over there off of uh, Highway 50 and Hazel.
Mark and Tom, the Travel Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark, uh, there was a big hoopla. Everybody is all freaking out. Our Anderson split pea soup place uh-huh. along Highway, along I-5. Uh, it's, I saw that it was closed, and I, I started to panic. And then I found out there was more than one more that than has one. been around for a hundred years. Uh, tell me what you know. Literally, it, well, it's the one down by Buellton, California. Which if you're saying where the heck is Buellton, Solvang, maybe an hour south of San Luis Obispo, maybe a little bit more than that on Highway 101. Yeah, they were just a few months short of their of what the, would be the company's 100th anniversary, and that restaurant has closed. Uh, no word yet on how that impacts the other. Pea soup Andersons, but yeah, worth mentioning because those of us who have been, if 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 you're under 25, you probably are under 50 or under 100, you probably don't <laughs> know that pea soup Andersons has been alongside the road in California since wow when you had to crank the car with a, you know, I mean it literally 1924. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we lost one. I'll tell you what. I'll do some homework this week and. And call a couple of the other locations. I called the location in Santa Anilla, and Uh they answered, and they they verified that it was not them, and they're there, and they've got, they're ready to go. There you go. All right. All right, let's take a look here. Um, Some of our contributors, guys like Chris Elliott and Joe Brancatelli and some of the others have made their predictions on what will happen in travel this next year, and I thought some of them were interesting enough to share with our listeners, um, general consensus, domestic airfares will continue to fall. They are down about 16% across the board over what they were last year. I will tell you that that's an average. Some cities are down dramatically more than 16%. Some are up. So some of the secondary cities are still expensive and hard to get to. If you are flying to an off-the-beaten-track place, you may find that if you're going to stay for a few days, maybe better to fly to the major airport that's an hour and a half away and rent a car might be might shave hundreds of dollars off of your ticket. So at least take a look at that. And again, what we were talking about earlier about the days of the week that you're flying. Um, there are two big political conventions this year. The Democrats and the Republicans will gather in Milwaukee and Chicago. So if you are headed to if you're thinking about going to Milwaukee or Chicago, those two cities are right next to each other. So um, the conventions are not going at the same time, but that will impact travel. If you are flying through Chicago, that will also impact the price of airline tickets on the days when people are headed to Chicago slash Milwaukee. So that's something to think about. Um, Car rental rates, not going down. American Express says car rental prices will increase by about 5% this year in the United States in Canada. Uh, fuel prices, it is predicted, will drop an average of about... This Predictions were all over the place on this, but generally experts expect fuel prices to come down about 5%. They are about 3% lower right now than they were at this time last year. Uh, lodging rates are going to go up about 7%, driven mostly by the cost of labor, uh, most of our travel predictors say about 7% more on lodging. Lodging has gone up historically over the last 25 years by about 3% a year. So that's about twice. So you can expect to see that, you know, what you saved on your airfare, you're probably going to lose back on your hotel. Um, also in Europe, they're using a new entry and exit system. 
uh, collects biometric information on travelers. Could slow down your airport transit just a little bit, uh, but no other real impact there. Uh, some people say travel, domestic travel, even with the reduced airfares, will be a little bit higher, and that international travel will be a little bit lower. Keep in mind, at some point in the next couple of years, if you haven't already, you're going to need to replace your driver's license with a real ID. Though the requirement to have that, which has been which has been pushed back a number of times, it was supposed to go into effect before COVID. Now is in twenty mid twenty twenty five. At some point, that's going to happen. And a bunch of people are going to say, wow, I didn't get that, and I have to get it right away. So if you are renewing your driver's license this year or it's up for renewal soon, the real idea ID is something you need to look at. Well, there you go. A lot of really, really good questions. And I, I read with Chris Elliott, Ted, uh, posted in his uh, Elliott's Confidential that uh, Hertz is uh, – Getting rid of all their, or at least a large share of their electric cars that they bought because the cost of maintaining them up against the cost of renting them is a losing situation. So if you want to get a deal on a Tesla, see Hertz. See Hertz. Hey, you they stay well, my friends. Yep. Yeah. Remember, dance, word, Mark. remember, dance like nobody's watching, and we'll see you next week at 11 o'clock. He's